Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to another pod, another Sporting 160 EN podcast. This is episode number 24, and I'm joined by two wonderful, uh, wonderful members of the crew. First and foremost, Nando, how you doing, bro? Hey, what's up, man? It's good to be back again. I missed, uh, unfortunately, what the last two of them, so I apologize for everyone for doing that. But I'm back. I'm excited again, as always, to be with you guys. Yeah, man, we can't always do it. It's all good. And then we're joined by another guest, I think a fan favorite here. Steph, how you doing, Steph? Yeah, hey, I'm doing good. I've been absent for a little while. I had some personal uh, business to attend, but uh, I'm back again. And uh, I, missed, I missed doing the podcast. Hey, man, we missed you, bro. We missed you. Um, before we get started onto, uh, onto the uh, topics at hand, I just want to mention a, a special shout out to uh, Rita Pesquale also known as uh, Ma- uh, Majestic Coates on uh, Twitter. She's officially a part of the, uh, of the Spartan 160EN crew. Um, if you've noticed uh, a quality improvement in our tweets, it's because she's also been helping us out um, with modalidades and basically all things Spartan. So shout out to her. She's not on the podcast yet, uh, but we'll see if one day she, she comes on and, uh, and, uh, and yeah, talks, talks our Spartan. Anyways. Um, going on to the very first game uh, of our segment, uh, it was uh, 0-0 against Arsenal um, in London, where uh, it felt like we were back in Lisbon. Um, I'll give you our, a rundown of our of our 11 really quick. Uh, we had Renan Ribeiro-Net, Bruno Gaspar, Coates, uh, Mathieu, and Aquinha in defense. We had Gudeli, Bruno Fernandes, and the debutant uh, Miguel Luiz in midfield. On the wings, we had Nani and Diaby. Uh, as a striker, we had Montero. Uh, I'll, I'll go through the Arsenal 11 since they're more known as well. Uh, they had Petr Cech in goal, Carl Jenkinson, Rob Holding, Socrates and Licksteiner in defense, Guendozi, Ramsey, and uh, Smith Rowe in uh, midfield with Awobi and Mkhitaryan on the wings. And uh, Danny Welbeck uh, up front, who unfortunately suffered a, a really bad injury. So uh, our thoughts and prayers are, go out to him, and hopefully everything's all right with him. But anyway, Steph, uh, quickly throw it off to you. How, what did you think of the game? How did you how did you see Sporting do? Under the circumstances, I think uh, Sporting, Tiago Fernandes did a great job setting up the team. Uh, we played against a team that uh, they uh, basically – one against all Portuguese teams at that stadium except for one team a long time ago. And to go to uh, to Arsenal and actually tie the game and get a point away was uh, very, very sweet. Um, and Tiago uh, Fernandes was, is just, a, a, it was, he was just our temporary coach. We lost our head coach, which it was a good thing, losing Pesedo. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Uh, friends did phenomenal setting up the team. We couldn't be expecting more from that team, uh, especially when when uh, we we uh, we basically didn't have the head coach anymore. So we did great offensively. We didn't play much, but the whole point was to get the tie and to get a point out of it, which we did. Uh, and to be fair and square, we can expect more of, uh, of our team. Uh, so now with the new coach, we'll see. But the game away at Arsenal, I think we did phenomenal defensively. Offensively, we didn't do much. But I'll take the tie and I'll take the one point. 
Yeah, fair enough. And uh, Nando, what about you, man? Oh, yeah, absolutely. We uh, we went in there with one objective at hand, and that was to uh, not lose. Um, I highly doubt that, you know, Tiago Fernandes at any point uh, in that week informed the guys like, you know, nah, well, I'm not going to go out and say that he didn't try to get them and make them believe that we could get the win. But the realistic thing was, let's get in there. Let's not lose. Let's get a point. And if we can get a good counter in or something, maybe we can surprise like we did. Um, when was it that that historical performance again, Manchester City, uh, yeah. all those years ago? So, with that being said, um, they did well. They they executed the plan properly. I think uh, the coach mentioned it after the game that the players followed his game plan um, to perfection. I'm kind of looking at the lineup right now um, for that game, um, and you know, defensive lineup at hand to start off the game. Um, uh, it is what it is. You know, Montero, the lone striker up front. Uh, possession statistics all go towards Arsenal. 71% possession for them, 29 for us, five shots for us, 14 for them. Um, so we did what we needed to do. We didn't, we bended, but we didn't break. Um, and uh, Tiago Fernandes, uh, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed his his approach to that game. Um, it was a much more calculated approach. Um, and, you know, there's not much to be said other than uh, that's a good result against a good team, very good team in their stadium. And uh, just a shout out to the what was it about five thousand Sportingistas yep. who um, who were there in London. So that's exciting stuff, man. Yeah, five thousand five hundred. It was around the mark. And, uh, one of those guys, our very own Sam Fonseca, was was in attendance in the crowd. I was watching his Snapchats. Super jealous. Uh, and also Patrick, our other uh, our other British. Uh, British member was also there, but not with the Spartan fans. He was more in a you know oh, more man. eloquent box that you know fits him perfectly. Okay. Um, quickly, just to throw my two cents, I agree with both of you. I think uh, Fernandes um, he set us up to not lose the game to at least uh, get a point away from from um, from Arsenal and and have us you know with some breathing room in the in the uh, group, especially seeing as Karabag. Uh, ended up beating Vorskla, you know, it, it gives us a lot more breathing room. But I think his 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 thoughts were more if Vorskla wins, and then they're tied with us on points, and the pressure's on. So at least try to nick a draw, and um, you know, if if one counter attack can work, and we somehow you know get a goal, you know, we can leave with three points. So uh, fair play to him. But uh, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, Steph, a quick question for you: How did you think uh, Miguel Luis did on his? Um, on his on his debut, I guess in the starting eleven and his European debut, I think he did awesome. Uh, let's uh, keep things into perspective. The... And then to tell him, "Hey, you're going to start the game." I can only imagine how nervous he was, anxious. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and then uh, as a as a as a young kid, his his number one priority was not to make mistakes, which he didn't. He didn't complicate his life. He played simple, uh, which I was expecting that from him. But I loved it. I loved it. I think he has uh, great potential. He reminds me of uh, Andrian Andrian Silva when he was younger. So yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I think this kid. I really hope our new coach. Kaiser gives him a chance. He looks like coming from Ajax, he will, he will uh, play uh, the youth. So we shall see. But he's much better than uh, Petrovic, much better than Mizik. 
so uh, it's, it's actually better than Wendell in, in certain aspects just because he, he knows the reality of our club. He understands the philosophy and what sporting is all about. So, yeah, I liked it. I loved his performance. Uh, am I expecting him to evolve more? For sure, yes. He has a lot of room for progression. And he will show that to us once he feels more comfortable. I mean, the, the last game against Chaps was his second game and he played better. I could see some uh, his vision uh, passing the ball to uh, the Ustremo. So I think he did, he did well for his first game. And I couldn't expect more than that. So I'm very excited about this kid. Very excited. Yeah, yeah, me too. And um, so, Nando, uh, speaking of European debuts, uh, Tiago Fernandes, what did you think of his European debut? Well, I think he did um, what he needed to do. And just like, um, you know, Steph just mentioned, he didn't overcomplicate. And I'll go as far as saying that his whole tenure at Sporting, um, if summarized in a word, would be he just, or in a phrase, he just didn't complicate things. And one of the biggest issues with um, Pzeru uh, and a long list of issues was that he constantly complicated things that did not need to be complicated. If Sporting had a great game one game, Pzeru would go and change everything the next game. If Sporting had a couple players that were playing well and on in form, he'd go ahead and bench them or take them off early or do something crazy like that. And Diago Fernandes didn't do that. I mean, I'm looking at the, at the lineups um, from Santa Clara, Chaves, and Arsenal – or something like Arsenal and Chaves, and um, very small changes, especially between Arsenal and Chaves. And the only changes that you can see are changes that are logical, meaning with Arsenal, Sporting was much more defensive, and with um, Chaves, Sporting was much more offensive. Um, and it was just slight changes. So I think that he uh, had a very good European debut. I think that he might um, – I'm not quite sure if he has a lot of potential – as a coach or not, um, it's way too early to tell. But what I can say is that given the circumstances that he took over, in which he took over, given the circumstances that Sporting found themselves in and the fact that we're still in the race, all right, we're two points back in the season that in, in which we have yet to have a coach um, right. that's without dis, you know, disrespecting him, um, I think that showed a lot. It showed a lot of poise. It showed a lot of character, and it showed a lot of belief in the players. And I think the players – um, in turn, uh, did well because he he had all the opportunities to screw up or try to do too much, and he didn't. He he kept it simple, and Sporting um, had good results. Yeah, and um, uh, quickly just to ask you just off of that, and I'll ask Steph as well because there has been a lot of chat on Twitter. Um, do you think we 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 played too defensive? Uh, and given that Arsenal had a really rotated side and. Uh, you know, maybe even a poorer side. Do you think we, we gave them too much respect by playing defensive? Or do you think that, um, it, like, with a team like Arsenal, it doesn't matter who they put out, that, you know, we, we did what we what we should have done and what we had to do? Um, I don't think – it's hard to say. Because part of me thinks that we played too defensive. I, th I was one of the guys who said that I thought we played too defensive when we played at home against them. Yeah. Uh, and then we played even more defensive away, although it's understandable to play as defensive as we did away because we played away. I mean, it is what it is. That's just normal behavior. But Sporting is still a very fragile uh, uh, entity this year. So it, it, it makes – I get the impression 
And that's why I'm a little anxious to see what the new coach brings to the table. Sporting has yet to let loose. Sporting has yet to 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 just go be them. We have yet to find an identity, and we have yet to to put all these pieces together. Okay, we've had good halves. We've had overall okay games, um, but we have yet to have a string of great games. We have yet to have a string of great performances, and that's totally fine given the fact that we're still only two points back overall of the league. In terms of that game, we played a little too defensive, in my opinion. Um, given the fact that Arsenal didn't play all that well. Um, I, I still think that Arsenal played better at Sporting than they even did at home. So I think that that would have been the difference if we had a coach that was already seasoned or experienced or even a top-level coach. I think Sporting would have um, – uh, that coach would have picked up on the fact that Arsenal wasn't playing that well, and maybe we would have gone for a better result away. So with – in that aspect, I think, yes, we were a little too defensive. But in the overall, like going in, I think all Spartan geese just would have said, hey, man, if we can get out of there with the tie, we're all going to high-five and be happy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. And, Steph, what about you? Do you think we uh, do you think we played too defensive? Do you wish that you, you've seen more attacking prowess? Or are you satisfied with, with the performance that went in? I mean, we uh, – okay, let's let's look at things the way they happened. Because they lost against Studio 2-1. He was fired. All of a sudden, you have a, a young coach, Thiago Fernandes, which I think he'll be very successful. He reminds me of, of Abel Ferreira do Braga. I hope yeah. you don't make the same mistake and let him go just like that. Give him a good job. Give him an assistant uh, uh, coach. Give him the sub-23. But give him a job at Spartan. Don't let him go. Because I could see that this kid is, is the way he spoke on camera the way he earned the trust of the players was phenomenal. I liked it. But back to the game, we played very defensively because we had a new coach. We had uh, we lost our head coach. So what do we ex- expect? I was afraid that we would have lost maybe three or four nothing, and then we end up tying the game, which was great. But his approach was totally 100% correct. Playing, We played on a 4-2-4-2-4. 4-2, 4-2, 4-2, Four two uh, with one striker, I believe Montero, and that's it. Yeah. Uh, so it was like a four, four two three one. Let, let's say with Kondos drinks, and um, and to me that was the right approach. We played extra defensively. Yes, uh, Arsenal played with a a lot of changes, but they were playing at home, and they play a vertical football. Uh, very offensively all the time, don't matter who's on the pitch. I mean, the, their striker got hurt, and Hugo came in, another great striker, you know? So yeah. their B team is like their A team, really. They had really good options. Um, but maybe if we had a co- the same coach from the get-go, a good coach from the preseason uh, up to this point, maybe we could have played a little bit more offensively, but we just couldn't connect. Uh, we had chances to counterattack, but we just couldn't connect. Nani and Montero wouldn't connect at all. Um, and that, I think that was the uh, – and then we didn't have Rafinha, which is he's been playing phenomenal. He was still hurt. Now he's fine. Thank goodness. But, you know, overall, I think we played to our limitations because we were very limited. Uh, but, but we got the one point, which is impeccable. We put us four points ahead of – Karambag and uh, Bell Talk or whatever the other team's name is. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't, so, I don't fucking know either. <laughs> I know it's uh, from Ukraine, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, uh, so we're in a great position. We just need to tie the next game when we're good to go to the 16th rounds. So, no, we 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 did fine. I mean, let's let's not forget. Now we repeat it again. We didn't have a head coach. We teams un un trainer in trainer. That's it. So he did great. Jack Fernandez did great. Yeah, I I agree. I'm not gonna lie. I was the first, I was one of the people on Twitter also complaining that we didn't attack enough. But um, in hindsight, I, I I realized that you know Montero didn't have a great game as well. That didn't help. And then also like like Steph just mentioned, you know, no Rafinha, um, also missing Bataglia, who who plays a decent role in this team. Uh, it, it's tough to to counterattack missing some some important players, especially Rafinha, who was. Lights out earlier on in the season, so um, yeah, credit to uh, credit to Tiago Fernandes for setting up that way and for having the courage because definitely he he was aware that you know you'd probably have some backlash uh, um, on this uh, on setting up so defensively. Um, anyways, um, if there if however you were a manager, would you change anything in this game, Nando? I'll start off with you. Yeah, I mean, if I was manager. I would have, at some point in that game, probably in the last, I wouldn't even say the last 10-15 because, you know, that's a part of the game where the home team, especially the caliber of Arsenal, are going to attack a lot more. But I would have certainly, maybe in that early portion of the second half or late portion of the first half, I would have tried to be a little more offensive, a little more daring to see how far we could have pushed that result Um, because I've seen Sporting do it before. In other games and other times, um, I think we have a, a lot of good individual talent. And obviously, I'm, I, I continue to believe that we have yet to find an identity. But we have the creativity that is going to allow these players to do things. And I think that if the coach had been a little bit more vent- adventurous, a little bit more um, willing to leave Arsenal with a loss, but at the same time, a good possibility for a, for a win – I think that that would have allowed the um, the creativity of some of our players to to come through because we all can admit that in any given day, especially game, all we need is a player with the talent like we have of Nani's and and even Diaby's with his speed and things like that. We just need one moment. We just need one opportunity, one chance um, to put a goal in and have a play that that can decide the game. And that's what was lacking in that game. Um, but I'm glad that I'm talking about it from the perspective that we tied and not from the perspective that we had lost. So at the end of the day, a tie was good, um, but I would have still tried to push for a little bit a little bit more, a little bit something else, um, and I think that's what was missing. And I think that just falls on the fact that the coach, he's young. You know, he, he What can we say about him? We can't really sit here and critique him and criticize him and complain about him um, because we just don't have enough games to do that for the guy. Yeah, no, I agree, and uh... – Steph, same with you. If, if you were manager, what would you change maybe to possibly push us for a win? I think I think maybe the subs a little bit earlier, like uh, Diaby. I would have put Jovan Cabral a little bit earlier for uh, yeah. f- first legs. But this, <laughs> when you look at the bets, I mean, that was not really a game for Baj Dost, even though he, he did come in. Because um, uh, Montero, to his defense, he was playing more defense than offense. Uh, he dropped back to the midfield, and he wasn't really focusing on uh, p- potentially scoring the goal. Uh, him and uh, Diaby, they don't really click yet. <laughs> Eventually, they will. And then Nani, uh, you know, 
was more preoccupied in holding the ball than than passing the ball really fast for counterattack. That's where we we lost that component. Uh, v- vertically, we didn't have any offensive game. I didn't see every time we attempted it, the the Arsenal defense was on top of us. They always anticipated every move we tried to make in, on a counterattack mode. So, seriously speaking, I don't think we, we could have done much better than that, especially when when you lost your head coach. It always affects the players. And then uh, I think the players gave it all for Tiago Fernandes. I think the, 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 the whole point for them was to prove that we are with the coach, with our assistant coach, which became the, the coach for that game, of course. And uh, everyone did phenomenal. And you know what? Sometimes we have to play like that. It fucking sucks for the fans. But Arsenal is playing great football in the Premier League in England. They're yeah. not a shitty team. They're a top-notch team. Even though people are talking about the keeper, the keeper is the best. Their players, the ones who call the keeper, they have, uh, they can play in any day, any time, in any team in Portugal. So the time was great, and we played bad, really good. And and maybe Giovanni should have come in a little bit earlier, and that's it. Yeah, I agree. And uh, truthfully, if if it was me, the only thing I would change maybe was uh, Bastos starting to maybe pump some some crosses in. But um, I mean, I get the Montero one because. You know, we need that speed at the front. Um, so before we move on to the next game, uh, quickly, score out of 10 for the team and then also for the manager out of 10. Uh, Steph, I'll, I'll quickly give it to you. Okay, so the overall performance for the team, I'm going to give them an 8, eight and a half. And Jack Fernandes, I'm going to give him a 10. That, that Just because you gave me only a scale 1 to 10, because if it was 1 to 20, I would give him a 20. Uh but, uh, yeah, I couldn't expect more from the, the young man, which put a good plan together. And the, the players respected his ideas. And uh, we got the one point that we needed so much. Yeah, agreed. And uh, quickly, Nando, you as well. Uh, score out of 10 for the team and manager. Nando? Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yeah. Oh, there you go. I was talking to myself. I didn't realize I still had it <laughs> muted. Um, I'm gonna give the uh, I'm gonna give the team an eight. I'm gonna give the manager a nine. Uh, pretty much the same as uh, what Steph just said. I mean, the team performed well. Got a point. That's uh, the main objective. So objective uh, cumplido. And then for the um, for the coach, uh, he, he was perfect. The only thing I can just wish a little bit more of would have just to see a tad bit more. Um, a courage, maybe, maybe that would have been exciting to see from a new, from a young, new n- that nobody knows anything about, to just see him show a little bit and see what his, where his ideas lied. But that's nitpicking. That's uh, so minuscule. So overall, you know, I'm nine out of ten, and I'll even go as far as saying a nine out of ten overall in his performance at Spartan, if not a ten out of ten. Yeah, and uh, we'll we'll at, towards the end of the, the of the podcast, we'll talk more and more about uh, Tiago Fernandes. Um, and then, yeah, quickly before, before we move on as well, just the last thing is, is, um, uh, just after our, our Tasa Portugal game, we're going to fly out to Azerbaijan, to Baku, to face, uh, Karabag, a, a city mainly known for, uh, Formula One, but for, uh, that, that weekend, I believe, or that Thursday, November 29th, it'll be known for Sporting versus Karabag. 
Uh, quick, uh, quick prediction on on what the score is going to be like, uh, Nando. I'm going to say Spartan one one. Um, it's just it's a tough. It's a long flight. Yeah. It's tough. And um, we, I don't know how Spartan is going to be reacting to the new coach yet, given the fact that before that we're going to be playing the the Taza Portugal game. So it's not like I highly doubt Spartan is going to be approaching, especially that new coach that does a Portugal game with a lineup or a team that he envisions is going to be approaching a, a Europa League match. You know what I mean? So um, I think a tie. I think a tie is reasonable, especially how far it is and all that stuff, and them needing to win. Yeah, uh, Steph, how about you, man? I think we'll go. I think we'll go and win. I'm gonna give it uh, three-one for Sporting. Uh, our team is getting better and better. Um, we we had to overcome some uh, obstacles, but I can, I can feel that the teammates that they know each other better. The chemistry is jelly, and I like Miguel Luis. I think Miguel Luis with the good out, they actually click. So. And like Nando said, we do have a new coach. So let's see what kind of system we will use. And this will make a difference. But which game is it first? Is it Tasa Portugal or Liga Europa? It's Tasa Portugal. It's against uh, Lusitanius, I think. Yeah, Lusitanius. Yeah. Is that? So let's see how we perform with that game. And then we'll have a, a somewhat... Uh, a new idea of what to expect, which I'm very anxious, actually. But I think we still win three one. Yeah, and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with uh, I, I'm I, I'm undecided between the tie and the and the winners. Well, I'll go with a one nothing win. I'll, I'll stay a bit more optimistic. No Matthew, of course, because he did get a red card against Arsenal. But um, you know, Andre Pinto's done a fairly decent job up until now. Uh, really only having that one bad game against Istorio. So, um, you know, it's going to be exciting to see how uh, these players bleed in this new system. But, of course, it's not without their um, without some issues because, you know, now that it's international break, it's going to be a bit tougher for Kaiser to work with some of the people like uh, Bruno Fernandes who won't work with that much or Cunha or Coates because of uh, international break. But, um, yeah, I'll go with the I'll, – I'll, I'll remain somewhat optimistic, but uh, – I wouldn't be too surprised on a draw. And honestly, I wouldn't even be too mad at a draw. Anyways, uh, let's go on to the game this weekend. Um, it happened yesterday against Shavj. Uh, starting 11 for Sporting was Renan Ribeiro in net. Um, Mark Zacuña, Mathieu, Quach, and Bruno Gaspar back on defense. Um, we had uh, Miguel Luiz and Gudeli and, and Bruno Fernandes in the midfield with Nani and Jovan Cabral on the wings and Baz Dost up front. Um, quickly, Steph, what did you think of this game? I think we started quite well. I was expecting Sporting to come in and take control of the game, which, uh, which we did. Um, but then it's very typical that we score a goal and all of a sudden uh, it's like we give control back to shops. I don't, I don't, I don't get that. It's it's uh, it's upsetting. We don't know how to contain the ball, control the ball, have the ball, and control control the whole game. And and uh, off, don't get me wrong, that goal by Shabs was phenomenal. It's yeah, they, they only score goals like that against our Sporting. Well, you know, yeah. every time uh, 
uh, a team goes to Avalad, they always score these beautiful goals, you know, phenomenal goals, top 10 goals of uh, the league. Uh, but, you know, uh, you could see that the team uh, is, is getting better. They're progressing. Uh, I like the, uh, again, Miguel Luis was much better. He felt more comfortable, maybe because he was playing at home. It wasn't a game against a top-notch team like Arsenal. Uh, the, the midfield played better, but I, I'm expecting more consistency. And they played good for certain periods of the game, and then they missed some important um, cuts, cuts uh, Navola. It's it was like oh my god, you know, like certain players could have been dangerous players from shots could have been avoided, and then we we just couldn't clear the ball. It, it was like it, it, I was I felt like going in, inside the game and and make those chances myself. But other than that, I think uh, Bash Dost is in full form again. It was it was actually a good decision by the coaching staff, the medical staff, to make sure he was one hundred percent. Healthy, not rushing his return, because look at this now. Uh, the guy he, com- he comes into the pitch to score two goals. He's he's uh, very important to our club. So overall, uh, I like the, uh, the, uh, the 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 defense. Uh, we played well, uh, but some players we could have done better. The midfield, much better, um, and then the Carlos uh, Acuna crossing the ball is lethal. But I'm yeah. expecting more from the other side, from Cabral. Cabral has to have those crosses as well. Um, sometimes I think our fullbacks, they just cross for crossing. Acuna, no, he, he means it. You could see they're all lethal. Uh, and and uh, that's the only thing I, I want the extremes to sporting and uh, the fullbacks to work on. It's the, the crosses. Uh, mean it. Uh, cross it to Baj Dost. If you cross it to Baj Dost, as we can see, he will score. Um, eight out of ten, he will score. But if you don't cross him the ball, the guy is not going to be able to score. So overall, uh, I like the, uh, the, uh, yeah. the the performance. I just didn't like that we can't hold the game. We can't just, you know, kill the game. And then we gave shots even with ten players. Shops was very dangerous. We let them play. Why? When we can, you know, just burn time and, and control the game. Like Porto does better than we do. They they actually in a better at a better level in that aspect of if you we're gonna have a lot of games that we're just gonna be winning by one nothing or two one, and then be it. That's fine. But then know how to keep the ball, contain the ball, and control the game, and not lose it so fast. That that's the only the only negative thing I saw about Sporting. Yeah, and uh, Nando, how about you? What did you think of the game? Man, it's he nailed it. He nailed it right there. Um, os nervos, bro. Os nervos de sempre que aparece, you know, Sporting has got a good result going, and then you know they're playing a man up, and you're sitting here instead of instead of feeling much more confident, instead of feeling like, oh snap, here we go, now we're gonna like win three zero. Or go on a rajada. It's like, of course, they scored a great goal. Of course, Sporting is struggling. Of course, we're biting our nails again. And it's all the time. And and in my perspective, that has nothing to do with the coach. Um, that has to do with the lack of a coach. There's the preseason. There's the preapka. We haven't had a coach all year. Again, no disrespect to Thiago, um, but we haven't had a coach all year. So the team is fragile, both mentally um, and emotionally. 
And when things don't go great or Sporting's not dominating and scoring, then they start to struggle. And um, that's the biggest issue for me with that game. It was a perfect example of it. And it also showed against, uh, what was it, the last game against Santa Clara. I mean, the same kind of mentality. Um, great thing is, despite all of that, we won. We have been winning. So hopefully that's something that these players can feel proud about. Um, but for that game, um, overall, for the most part, we did really well. Um, but there are certain players like uh, Bruno Gaspar kind of pissing me off. Um, something that he's, I don't know, it's just not clicking. Like he's been given opportunities, but I, I feel like he's, he's not making the most of them. Um, on the other hand, Acuna, I think he's completely um, just owning that left back position. And the fact that against Chavez, you know, he was even playing a little further up because we had Lumoran. Um, but that whole flank is his. Like he's, in my opinion, he's completely said, you know what? You guys get on my back and I'm going to carry down that that left part of the field. Um, you know, it's it's just it. I don't know, man. I, I, I think that just the mentality aspect of it is a big issue right now. Um, Sporting it hopefully – uh, changes that with the new coach. Um, but for that game, they, they could have put Chavez away much sooner. They didn't. They let him stick around, and then we were biting our nails. And, and with that being said, uh, I don't think that that would, should have been a penalty call um, for us. So I think we, we lucked out a little right there. Uh, I'm sure we'll disagree between all three of us on whether or not that was the right call. Personally, I don't think that was the right call. Um, but, hey, we got the win. Yeah, and, and we'll actually get into that for in a second. Uh, if you guys actually want to watch the highlights uh, of the first goal of the of our penalty, obviously goal as well, and then the red card, uh, I'm going to be asking you guys that in a minute. Um, but while you do that, let me just quickly share my thoughts as well. I thought uh, I thought it was a much better performance offensively compared to the Arsenal game, though it did take us a bit uh, to get started. Uh, it took us about like ten minutes to finally. Start really get into the game and then after that we started really pushing for it and going for it i thought um jovan in the first half was 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 pretty good he was decent he was getting into the right areas but again like like steph said earlier i think his crosses and his final ball uh is lacking a bit um though if i'm not mistaken who was the one that crossed it in? oh it was McQueen. Yeah, never mind um but yeah so you know i think i think uh jovan is a promising talent and a really good talent i think he's probably been better off coming from the bench than um than starting May maybe because he's going at tired legs and his speed uh and ability on the ball can really get past uh fullbacks but uh i didn't necessarily think he had a bad game but Definitely think that there's a lot of improvements that need to be made with Jovan, but um, uh, credit to him. I thought he played much better than what Diaby's played uh, for the most part. I think Diaby's really only had one good game. Um, but yeah, we, we we gelled better. We played the ball better. We we passed it around. I don't know if this is already Kaiser telling Tiago Fernandes like something of his philosophy, or maybe this is Tiago Fernandes um uh maybe taking onus on himself and and, and start you know bleat to giving the in the ideas to some of the players uh of what uh kaiser's more like because we were definitely holding possession much better than we ever had against Pizzeiro, um especially that first half and then even the second half uh the only real chance i can remember shavs having um was that Gulasu. and um i can't really blame renan for that it was it was one heck of a goal 
Um, it, I, but again, it, it, it is annoying and it is frustrating that it seems like time and time again, uh, Spartan, you know, if it's one nothing, it's just not comfortable because uh, we can't hold possession. When we move forward, we lack the final balls, we lack those final passes, or we just simply can't finish. Um, credit to Chavez keeper Ricardo. He had maybe two, two to three good saves. I remember one coming in the first half from Jovan, who who tries to shoot it across uh, the face of the goal, but uh, Ricardo gets a good arm to it. Um, so credit to Ricardo. He's a, he's a, he's a really good goalie, uh, especially good for for you know a mid table side. I know. Shavs are struggling this season, but um, they're definitely a mid-table side, a side that gave a lot of problems um, to Porto in the Taza de Liga, though they did lose the first game 5 nothing. And then let's not forget, they also took points away from our rivals, Benfica, uh, tying 2-2 in a game, in, a, in an amazing game from Shavs, uh, to be honest. And I think uh, Shavs are a sleeping giant as, as of now, but I think uh, later on in the season, and I hope as well, because they are a really good team that practices really good football. I hope that uh, they can find themselves up, at least in mid-table. You know, uh, I don't expect, especially with their start to be in European spots, but at least uh, mid-table from Shavs. And uh, it was it was a good game. But like I said, it wasn't a game without controversies. Um, so first, from the first goal, um, there's some claims that Bazdos pushes uh, the defender off of him. Um, Steph, I'll go to you. What did you think? Do you think that first goal is clean? Do you think rivals are just trying to find any excuse to to throw off Sparting, or do you actually think maybe there was a foul on the first goal? Uh, who, who complained about the first goal? I don't know. There were some mumbles on Twitter that the first, and even on some of the programmas in t on, on television that my dad likes watching, I've seen people complaining about the first goal, that there's a shove, but... I on of Bazdas pushing the defender. Um, I don't really, see, I don't see much of it. I see them both kind of hassling there, but um, I don't know. What did What did you think? Maybe you think differently. Uh, well, first of all, no one from Shabs complained. No. Not even one soul. That's first of all. Second of all, um, the newspapers. No one complained about the first call. Not even one newspaper. And then third, but not least. When you're home, sitting on your couch on uh, one of those shows, and you're commentator from one of the other teams, not from Sporting, you have all the time in the world with a microscope to analyze every single bullshit detail and come up with fucking excuses. So, with that said, whoever came up with this ridiculous idea, we're just wasting our time. It was a clean goal, of course. Fair enough, I, and I agree. Um, Nando, to you, um, I know you said you, you couldn't watch the game uh, because there were some troubles on the on the stream, but I don't know if you've seen maybe their offside goal. What did you think of that? Uh, rightfully called offside or or um, a bit harsh? I think it was rightfully called outside. Um, okay. what, did, what did they go? They, they, they went and used the, uh, the VAR, didn't they? Yeah, they did. They're, so what it is is they, they have a line on the back of, I think it's Bruno Fernandes' foot. And um, the player, though he does seem a bit up, like a bit past the line, it, it's also people are saying that he's online and he's offside and he's onside. Yeah, um, so right now again, and um, <clears throat> yeah, man, I think that's ah, uh, yeah, that's tough. Yeah, 
because I'm looking at it right now and, and I can see why he's on side. I can see why he's not on side. If we're going to go, <clears throat> let me put it this way. If we're going to go the route of like FIFA has always said, which is you favor the attacking team in situations in which it's not a blatant clear offside, then I think that Chavez should have gotten the goal. Um, but the problem is, especially in the Portuguese league, we've seen and had years and years and years of this in which the attacking teams are never are never favored when the rules in FIFA state that they should be favored. So with that being said, I'm okay with it not with it being disallowed, especially how close it is. Yeah, and I don't know. I'm kind of looking at it now. I don't I feel like the line isn't I feel like it's going through his leg rather than on the back of his heel. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I think it's rightfully offside. I mean, if there was anything, VAR would have called it anyways. So, um, uh, anyways, uh, Steph. Well, 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 hold on. I got to jump right, in on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. First of all, the, the referee and the linesman did their job. They let the play finish. Yeah. Right. The play finished. It was a goal at that point in time. Then the linesman and the referee, they have the same, the same, um, um, not microphone. How do you call that? No, Naurelia. Um, earpiece, I guess. Yeah, earpiece. Sounds good to me. I know this <laughs> is not the name, but it's not coming. Yeah, out. I can't remember either. Yeah, the earpiece. The the VAR calls, which they have fucking 20 different cameras in 20 different angles. They could see a lot more than we can from a newspaper or video from some smuck from the stadium. And they said, no, it was offside. Even if it's by a tail, if the VAR is saying you did your job, you let the play the play finish, it was a golden point in time. The the VAR called right away and he said, No, it was offside. We could see from camera number 16 that it's offside. That's why it was offside. No questions, and no one made a big deal about that too. Yeah, agreed. And uh Steph, quickly off to you. Um another controversial moment was the red card. Um, on on Shavj, um, what did what did you think of that? Was that a just sending off or an unjust sending off? Well, when you see the play in uh, in the regular in the regular time, it looks like it's a red card because he goes most yeah. pitons. When you when you're a professional player, you know when carrinho and mostrar pitons, most likely you might get a red card. So why would you do such a thing? Why would you? And then, of course, when you see it on replay, you could see that he went for the ball. He, well, he had no intentions to hurt the player. But you're misleading the referee. The referee has, he doesn't have a slow motion on the spot at that, at that very second. He only has the play itself at the normal speed. So Tiago Martins, when he saw him to him, it's a red card in the normal speed of the play. When you see it on, on slow motion, you kind of say, wow, that was a little bit harsh. And that's my take on it. should know better. So uh, to me, it was harsh, but I understand why Tiago Martins must vermelho. Because in real speed, Tu vês um gajo de carrinho e mostrar os pitons. E a regra é, quem, quando mostras os pitons, levas um vermelho direto. E quem não sabe, que, que leia no, no manual de instruções. Caralho. 
<laughs> I I agree with you as well. But uh, Nando, what about you? Do you think that was a just sending off? Or I think that you know the way he went at the ball, you know, dictated the the end result. Um, because like Steph said, you as a referee, how do you? There's just no way you can be perfectly positioned at every part of the game. So his reaction to the play is going to be, wow, like look how aggressive and, and very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, um, unpleasant tackle that was. Like it, it looked violent. It looked like he was just being lazy. And then, yeah, of course, you watch the replay, and then you go, okay, wow, he actually got close to the ball. He went for the ball. I've seen much worse. Um but with that being said, hey, you know, it's 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 a just vermelho. It's 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 well uh deserved given the fact that he did do what they tell you not to do, which is don't go with the cleat leading. Don't go with the spikes up. And he went with the spikes up. Yeah, and and I'm going to agree with you guys too. I think yeah, maybe yeah, maybe harsh a bit seeing the replays again, but I, I don't blame the referee for making that decision. I thought um, as well, right after I seen that that first replay, I thought, yeah, that's brutal. Uh, studs up. Uh, he's lucky he he got most of the ball, but even still, studs up and he get if he clips a um, I forget the players, uh, but if he clips his shin, you know, bad things can happen. And uh, to to be more sincere, I think the referee fucked up especially because literally seconds before nani gets a clear foul at the edge of the box and he does not call it this could have all been avoided these decision makings blah 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 if the right call had been made from the referee you call that that nani foul right on the edge of the not even the edge it's basically a shorter corner but right at the you know near the corner uh where you know where nani is clearly fouled pushed from behind all of this is avoided, and then you know, Shav's player doesn't go studs up on the guy. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you guys, and I think uh, most of Twitter agrees with us as well with studs up. Um, the Bazdas penalty, Nando. I know you spoke about it earlier, so speak about it again. Um, uh, what are your thoughts on the penalty, Nando? Man, I gotta stop forgetting to mute. I have, <laughs> okay, I have these, I have these full conversations. I'm gonna start recording myself on the side and then letting you guys add that later on. Because um, <laughs> I'm having these conversations solo. Okay, so I was actually watching the replay um, and still Lamb, and I'm gonna change my opinion on it. So the at first, I think that's a little bit of a harsh call, um, given the fact that that happens pretty much. What would you guys say? Like countless times during a game, every game, um, ball up, goalie tries to call it in the small box. And um, somebody gets held or somebody gets bumped or somebody gets pushed. And that's kind of how it looks. However, they did go to VOD for this one too, I believe. Yeah, they did. And um, I don't know how much of you guys have seen the replay, but there's a number 19 of Shavs who is the closest one to the goalie. And all he does is look back to see where uh, Bash Dost is. And then he kind of – backs into him like you can see him sticking out his butt in which is who Baj Dos ends up running into when the ref calls the the penalty kick so if you guys look at that that the at the end of it Baj Dos is being sandwiched by 11 19 and then the goalie is the one that goes up for the ball so in my opinion that's a clear penalty kick once you watch it um again I mean the guy's literally I can take a screenshot send it to you guys he's in between two dudes He's trying to jump, and he can't quite jump all the way up. And number 19 on Shavs does nothing 
to try to play him man on man. All he simply does is keep him from being able to get to that ball. And then when you do something as blatant as that, then that has to be a penalty. Yeah, uh, I agree, actually. And Steph, what about you? Do you think that's a penalty or un un unjustly called? Of course it's a penalty. Okay. What are, what are Portuguese known for? Complaining. Some mods, some, <laughs> some mods, right? Hard-headed. Yeah. Hard-headed Portuguese. We might, we might say something like this. Listen, I have two kids. My, my, my son's name is Samuel. Samuel não faz isso. And he does it. What happens? That's our mentality in Portuguese. What happened before the play? The referee, Tiago Martins, he spoke to him for a few seconds. And then it's a penalty and everyone is surprised. I'm not surprised. That's, that's my culture. I understand. Tough as a book to all, man. He said it. Don't, don't grab him. Please, don't me if even stop the corner kick. Acuna was about to cross the ball, and he stopped him. Do me a favor. Don't grab the guy. If somebody should be upset, they should be upset at the defender, the Shavs defender. Everyone should be upset about him because he did actually what the referee asked him not to do. And everyone is surprised. Then they're not Portuguese. If you if you're surprised, no es português. Porque nós somos teimosos. Quando a gente diz não faças e faz, vais tu vai. A gente vai te foder. You got a, a PK. That's my take on it. É penalti porque o gajo sabe é burro que nem o caralho. Mais nada. É penalti. Yeah, and I agree. Again, same thing like you said. The referee warned them literally just before Acuna takes the, the, the corner. He warns them once. And then at the same time, Bazdos clearly passes his man. He's well uh, past him. And then you still see Shavs, um, I think his name is William. Uh, the guy who was grabbing Bazdos, you still see his arm grabbing onto him. And then, yeah, again, like Nando was saying, there's two people impeding him from, from jumping. This uh, There was a lot of talk about, um, uh, including Daniel Ramun, Shav's coach, including um, other rival fans. Of course, they're going to talk shit, but um, you, you hear them talking about if this is a penalty, then every corner in, in Portugal should be a penalty, blah, blah, blah. And that's just not the case because... You can clearly see William's arm around Bazdos, and then you clearly see the two other people still impeding him from jumping. If you impede a player from jumping or moving forward, that's a foul, that's a penalty. It's as clear as day. I don't understand the debate on this one, uh, to be honest with you. For, for such a controversial game, I think for the most part, the referees made, um, for the most part, right decisions, and the only bad decisions he made may have fucked up Sparting. There was fouls at the edge of the box that weren't called for us, and then uh, similar fouls to Shafts that were. So, uh, no, I, I, this is, to me, a clear penalty as well. Um, anyways, um, you know, my last question to this game, um, it's sort of an arbitrary one, but there are there is always these, these conversations after games and post-match interviews about whether a team was just or unjustly or unjust to win or... Se mereceu a vitória ou mereceu um empate no jogo, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Steph, or Nando, quickly to you. Sporting, are we just winners in this game? Of course we're just winners. Absolutely just winners. 
Um, and and I'm gonna go as far as saying like I don't care that Sporting didn't like light up the pitch with fantastic uh, diagonal crosses and beautiful one-time passing and Guardiola style. No, screw that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, Sporting won. Sporting won well. Sporting had 17 shots. Shavs had three. Sporting had 65% possession. Shavs had 35. Um, Sporting had five shots on target. Shavs had one. Shavs literally take away the Gulasu. Fine. Great. And take away the maybe it wasn't offsides. Maybe it wasn't an offsides goal. Shavs did nothing else. Um, so, yeah, absolutely. Like any you, The people who complain about whether it was just or not just are the people who either are Sportingistas who continue to look for reasons to hate on the team this year. Um, but the majority are uh, rivals who are pissed off that uh, they've seen us uh, surpass them with uh, no coach so far this year. Yeah. And there is a particular rival in this weekend. If we want to talk about unjustified reds, I want everybody to go really look at that Benfica Tondela game and really see an unjustified first red. But I don't want to get too much into that. Anyway, Steph, same question to you. It's it's pretty arbitrary, but you know it's always discussed after games. Sporting, are we just winners? Yeah, without a doubt, we just need to to do a better job in keeping the ball. Uh, we're gonna have. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We're gonna have a lot of games that we're just winning by one goal, meaning that we need to know how to treat the ball, keep the ball, be in control of the game. If not, then if you if you suffer so, uh, if you suffer from your heart, just don't don't watch the final minutes of the game because most likely you get a stroke. <laughs> because our sporting is phenomenal with that shit, you know. Yeah. Um, and the same thing like Nando said, uh, our rivals then counts culions falar sporting quando ganharam com novos jogadores. So they should. Uh, Zip it because they yeah. went to Tondela the referee had to shoot two red cards. Uh, especially in one red card, the guy one supposedly pushed him for the second yellow card. Uh, that, that that was not even a dangerous play. So it's it's anyway. Look at your own backyard, leave us alone. That's all I gotta say. But yeah, we deserve to win. Yeah, uh, and I agree. Um, lastly, uh, to sort of talk about transfers before getting into Tiago Fernandes, Marcel Kaiser, our Twitter questions, and even um, recent news on, on Bruno Crevalho. Um, a lot of talks about, uh, not really rumors or anything, but more um, Sportingistas on Twitter and, and, and in other platforms. Um, really impressed with the crack. Um, from Shab, Stefan Ustakiu or something like that. Sorry if I'm mispronouncing your, your last name, Stefan, and you're listening to us. Um, a lot of people wanting wanting him in in January. Um, Shab's is number eight. Um, I'll also, because I want to add it in really quick because I'm a piece of shit. He's also, just like me, Luzo Canadiano. So, you know, we make good talents out here in Canada. <laughs> Um, Nando, what did you think of number eight of Shav, Stefan Evstakiu? And do you think he has what it takes to, 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 to play for Sporting, to, to wear the green and white? Um, well, okay, so there's been tons of players who have had great games against any one of the big teams. Um, and then suddenly the press likes to, you know, transfer them over to a, to a top three team of Sporting in Porto Vigo, like, did he have a great game? 
Yes. Um, but I, I'm not going to lie and sit here that like he's had a fantastic game after a fantastic game so far this season. I don't know because I haven't been watching shots like that. Um, so did he have a great game against Sporting? Sure. Now, if he ends up having a great season, sort of like that guy from um, Kenya Ogaju do o Japanese, right? The Nakajima, Nakajima. whatever. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that guy, at least we saw that he had like a heck of a season, was having a good season, you know, was possibly about to go to Porto and whatever. Like if you can put together, you know, a stretch of great performances, then that gives you some credibility. But just because you had one great game against Sporting or Porto, Benfica, whoever, in this case, Sporting, I'm not going to sit here and suddenly say like, oh, yeah, man, we need to go get him. And no, the guy shows talent, sure. Um, but was that, you know, because he's playing against Sporting, so it's out of convenience for him to make sure that he played his best game so far this year? I mean, logically, you would say yes, too, to that. Fair enough. And, uh, Steph, what about you? Stefan is the cue. Do you, do you think he, he should come to Sporting like like many others uh, think he should? I mean, no doubt. He seems to be a great player, but I agree with Nando on this one. I need to see more games, and he needs to be consistent playing at the same level. Or else he's going to be, what, our 31st play being loaned? We have 30. <laughs> so I'm not in that's, – that's the downfall of uh, a sporting is that we have too many loan players, and I'm afraid that this guy would come in. And then he, he sees the reality of sporting, which is way different than shots, and then he can perform because that's what happens a lot of times. They go to a bigger club like sporting, and I'll include Porto Benfica, of course, and even Braga now because Antonio Salvador is doing a, a great job in uh, uh, making Braga a stronger team. And then they get mesmerized because it's a different reality, a camisola pesa. So I don't think he's there yet for a big club. Let him stay shots. Let's see how he performs. And I'm pretty sure that one of the big three will get him. Yeah, and um, I agree. I, though I do think he's probably good enough and probably better than some of the options we have, um, like Mizic, for, for example, I do also agree that we should at least see him one more season in Shav. She had a decent uh, half season last year. He's doing well for them this year, but let's, you know, let's wait a bit, wait one more year. If he really does have a lights out season, then maybe pull the trigger on him um, come next summer. Um, all right. And now to uh, Tiago Fernandes, who um, in three games in charge got us, Six points or two games for the league got us six points, and then one game in Europa League against an Arsenal got us one point, so that's seven points in total. Um, I, I, I understand that we're, we're pretty excited about Kaiser and, and keep that on the side. I'm gonna be asking you guys about what you think about Kaiser in a second, but um, there's a lot of also a lot of talk about Tiago Fernandes, and maybe we should have kept him instead of going in for Kaiser because he was doing a good job. Um, Nando, what did you what do you think of, of Tiago Fernandes? Do you think maybe maybe we could have given him a chance instead of wasting money on Kaiser? Or do you think we uh we did a good job on that? Okay, so that that's <clears throat> that's an exciting question because I'm sure that that's probably gonna you know generate the most controversy among Spartanistas if it hasn't already. So do I think he should have gotten a chance over Kaiser? Probably yes, because who is Kaiser? What has Kaiser done? What, what, in other words, what makes Kaiser be the pick of the president that us Sportingishas as a whole can have the confidence in that is going to keep us where we are 
and then make that difference that's going to take us to the title. Now, I hope that at the end of the season, we can go back and say on November 12th, Fernando had no confidence whatsoever in the new coach. But it, it's, not the, it's not a pick that, that, that we can sit there and look at his resume. It's not a pick that we can sit there and say, all right, I can see where he's going with that. So if we're going to go with that guy who we don't have any kind of confidence for the majority of us, I've read a lot of tweets about this. I've seen a lot of programmers that will be on the, in the Portuguese channels about this. And I've read even tweets from opposing, um, from, uh, what was it? I saw this guy the other day tweet about it. Un Sporting that lives in, in or lived in uh, the Netherlands. But yeah. if we're going to go that route and we're going to substitute Tiago, then we need to go with a guy that's clear cut, uh, without a doubt. You know what? His resume speaks for himself. Or you know what? Guys that we mentioned, all of us mentioned, all of us threw out a pick or, or a coach that made more logical sense than Michelle Kaiser. So since he went with Michelle Kaiser, then yeah, I think that he should have just saved the money, let Thiago um, run the show for the whole season, uh, save the money, and then maybe at the end of the year we're pleasantly surprised. Maybe we're not because at this point, I hate saying it because we're only two points back, but this season has been so poorly executed uh, the preseason was a disaster. Everything that's happened around Sporting is like month. There's some sort of turmoil with current direção or past direção or intermediary direções and comissões de gestões and blah, blah, blah. So with the coach, yes, I think that Diak should have been given a chance with a different coach, a coach with a little bit more of a resume. Uh, then no, I think that would have been logic to say, you know what, thank you for filling in. Thank you for doing the best that you could have done. And uh, at the end of the day, you did exactly what we asked you to do. So I think that's a, that's a two-headed question, man. And, and, and it's tough because this coach, I'm not going to sit here and bash the guy, but I also can't sit here and applaud the guy. I can't sit here and say, like, guys, I am excited. This is exactly what I've been waiting for in Unosu Sporting. Like, this is the stuff right here. Guys, get ready. We're just going to go on a tear. I hope I can eat my words and that, I, you know, he proves me wrong. But I don't know. I mean, I, I can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about it. But I don't think to be replaced by this guy, Spartan could have just kept him. Fair play. And Steph, what, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think we should have kept Tiago Fernandes as well? <clears throat> well, I think we keep, I think we should keep uh, Tiago Fernandes, but not a, not as the head coach. No, you would be setting up uh, setting him up to fail. Uh, people. Uh, they all, uh, including me, we all happy that he won two games in the Portuguese league. Mas atenção, no Santa Clara foi um pai do caralho. Let's not be obsessed with the, hey, Tiago Fernandes agora é Jesus Cristo. No, you would, if he stayed today as a head coach, sooner or later he would lose. Would he be able to, to, uh, to, to deal with the pressure? Would the players will be able to deal with the pressure? You see what I mean? He, he's mm -hmm. a, he, he looks like he's going to be a great coach, but asking him on his first year back to Sporting, he wasn't at Sporting. Tiago Fernandes veio agora com He's not. I think people, because in Portugal we do that a lot. They we're looking at Real Madrid, Solaris. Solaris, he's been Real Madrid for many years, so he knows the club. Inside out, upside down. So when he took the spot, now he's the head coach of uh, Real Madrid. It was very natural for him to take the spot 
because he knows the players, he knows the club, he knows the system, he knows the employees, he knows the fans, he knows the culture. And he's from Argentina. But he's been there forever. Asking Tiago Fernandes to be the head coach of Sporting on his first year back, com Peseiro, it's asking him too much. He did great now because, you know what? It was three games. But in the long run, as soon as, as, soon as he, 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 would, he would fall on his face, I don't think he would be able to recompose himself and the team. This coach, everyone says so many negative things, even before he, he's, he's the head coach. It's unbelievable with my Sporting Gistas. We're so great in criticizing our own people. But this guy is a great coach. He did wonders. You know where? In Ajax. Ajax is, one, is what? One of the best, best teams, football teams in creating talents. One of the best academies. He was part of the Ajax mentality of that wonderful football that they play. I know the Dutch league is not one of the best ones. I understand that. But he knows how to deal with the youth. And it's the, the message from Verandes is clear. He wants to play the youth. He wants to play our players. And then that's why, that's why I think he's a good fit. He's a good fit because he has experience in that, in that department with the youth. O Palmeiras, não sei mais que. O Mourinho tem um Palmeiras, caralho, e está salvando o cu lá na Inglaterra. So, there it is. So, um Palmeiras. We don't have the kind of money that you guys are asking for. Uh, Sporting yeah. Gistas, they want a coach com Palmeiras. Uh, how much do you think they want? Five million, six million a year? We don't have the kind of money, first of all. Second of all, this coach, when he left Ajax, one of his players died on the field. And then it prompted him to leave much earlier than he was supposed to. He was fighting for the title. Uh, look into details before you, you speak your mind about a coach that you know very little about. Uh, I think he'll do well because he's going he's gonna to rely on our youth. Um, and he's, he's not only, Varane uh, is not only focusing on the A team, he's focusing on the whole academy. He wants this guy to revamp the whole academy with his philosophy, with his co coaching staff. So he's there for that purpose as well because we, lo we lost a little bit of that too. Uh, most of the youth players now, they've rather go to other teams than Sporting. We need to stop that. We need to invite them back again. So, mm -hmm. Silly stuff like they didn't have a, a bus. Transportation. No one would pick them up or drop them off at home late at night. So Varane is fixing that. Um, and we need to give him a chance. Sporting Gistas have to stop dwelling on Brun Carvalho. Brun Carvalho is part of the past. Forget about him. Let's move on. Uh, we, we're stuck in the past, in the twilight zone. And this coach, I think he's going to do great. And uh, let's give him some time. And uh, I'm, I'm excited. And I'm very happy that we have a coach that uh, has a, a backbone, a lot of experience. Palmeiras, for me, it, it doesn't really make much of a difference. Because Sérgio Conceição não tinha um Palmeiras por aí adiante. And he went to football com Porto. And now they're playing. They, they were champions last year. So, uh, you know just to, to keep things into perspective. So I think, I think uh, Verandes did great in getting a great coach that's going to play with our youth. That's what we've been asking for. O Francisco Geraldo, if he was there, and I'm pretty sure he would use him. O Mateus Pereira. You know what I mean? So let's yeah. give him time. Let's give him time. Let's not be so short-fused.
Yeah, and, and I think that that transition as well to, to Marcel Kaiser and I've been talking about him a bit more, but um, I'm going to agree with you on, on the aspect of uh, Thiago Fernandes did a good job and he and he did what what um, was asked of him and in, in as an interim role. Um, but I hope you know he he stays with the with the with the team as a as um as an adjunto as a um, an assistant coach to Kaiser shows Kaiser some of the academy players that he should be looking out at because um, let's not forget uh, Tiago Fernandes was a part of the B team last year. Um, he was he was helping coach them and, and he I think if I'm not mistaken he was their coach and um, as much as we talk bad about uh, or as much as some of us like to talk bad about Kaiser and, and his bad time at his his time cut short really at Ajax we seem to overpass the what he did well at Ajax was when he was in their B team he got them to second place with record uh, goals and and uh, record goals conceded as well he made that team of delete of um uh, justin clivert of uh david neres if i'm not mistaken of brazil of frankie de Jong, who's now linked with with manchester city he made that youth team shine and he's the reason why some of them made it to the ajax senior team so um i think i think some of the criticism towards him like steph was saying was being a bit harsh and also some of the glorifying Tiago Fernandes. Listen, I'm all for a passionate manager as well, and I'm 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 super happy that Tiago Fernandes, of course, son of Manuel Fernandes, a, a Sporting legend, came to us at this time and, and showed us and gave us the passion that we needed. I think that passion alone was what pushed us um, for these great these past three great results. Is the passion that he probably showed on the bench, but uh, in terms of tactical approaches and um, I, again, I understand he had very little time to, to to manage the team, but even still, he he didn't really um, bring anything truly worthwhile that will make me say, hey, wait, hold up, hold up. Maybe let's not waste money on this guy. Maybe let's put our faith into Tiago Fernandes. He didn't really, he didn't necessarily bring that for me. And what Marcel Kaiser brings to me um, in terms of uh, – of potential for us is um, of course he plays the youth, you know, so somebody like Miguel Luis might get even more burn under Kaiser. Um, I'm looking at guys like Daniel Braganza and even Bruno Page, who's been playing on right back, but who can definitely play in the midfield as well, who can maybe come in and, and take over um, Bataglia's spot. Though I like Gudeli. I don't know if Gudeli is a number six, um, and and though I think he's been doing well and growing, maybe a Braganza can come in and really do well uh, in that position. Um, but but we'll see what, with Kaiser and what he does. Um, you know, he's also a, a manager who likes playing attacking football, who likes keeping possession, who likes looking within lines, and then when we lose the ball, tries to win it right away. Um, so, uh, man, after Pazedu, he, it's it's nice to have a manager that has an identity that has an idea of, of how to play in the game um so i'm 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 optimistic but i'm also looking forward to seeing what kaiser can do because of course he does come with his cons he you know he he can he comes from a from um um not a saudi arabia from a, a united arab emirates uh team uh, in that country and he only came in second in that country so um, you know, and then of course, how will he break down teams um, like Tondela, like um, uh, Boavista, like Murey Rins, 
Um, you know, teams typically port of the small Portuguese teams that all they do is sit back, hold deep, 10 men behind the ball, and then that one counter-attacking play, and it fucks us up. You know, of course it, it has my I have my worries about that too. And I hope he'll know how to how to deal with that. But um let's see. And 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 I'm here to give him a shot and give him a chance, and I hope he does well. Uh Nando, quick, your uh, what's your thoughts on Marcel Kaiser? I know you spoke a bit about him, but uh, and even more in depth, if you if you may. So right now, the the number one thing that's got me optimistic about him is his apparent success with uh, the younger kids, right? So what you just talked about, um, resume wise, it speaks for itself in terms of what he's done with that. So given the fact that Sporting is known for their academy, and given the fact that we have players that we've loaned out that we all agree should not have been loaned out, players that Tiago Martins has given an opportunity for, or I'm sorry, Tiago Fernandes. And now it's, uh, it makes sense in that regard. Um, I was reading this uh, pretty extensive uh, tweet. Uh, I'm sure you guys saw it or, or hopefully you saw it. Let's see if I can pull it up here from, uh, from someone that has followed his career um, in the Netherlands and his style of play. And they say that um, multiple opinions are that he, comes from a, you know, Cruyff school of, of soccer, um, a Guardiola style of soccer, just the fact that he's very much a, um, I forget what term he used, but pretty much the idea be, behind his philosophy of, of playing is that if you lose the ball, you've got five seconds to get it back. If you don't get it back in five seconds, then you strategically foul and you force the opposing team to start again, um, which I like that idea. Um, I see that happen all the time with um, Guardiola in Manchester City. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to say he's the Guardiola because if he was, then he wouldn't be coaching Sparta. Then he'd probably be coaching someone else. But um, the fact of the matter is if he implements that kind of style and if he implements that kind of like relentless pursuit of the ball and just a constant like, you know what, our job is to get this ball back so that we dominate the game, then I think that that's going to take – the Portuguese league by storm because I have yet to see um, that happen at Porto. That's never happened at Benfica, not with Jesus or Luis um, or with Vitória, Rio Vitória, I'm sorry. Um, so mm, that might really do something, especially like you were just mentioning, um, the teams in Portugal, the Tondelas and the Santa Claras and all these lower level teams that when they play against Sporting, they play with 10 men back. Um, I mean, if we can come at him, if we can come at these teams with a constant um, assault of like, hey, the second you touch the ball, you better make it count because if you don't, we're going to ruin your game plan. I think then he's going to have a lot of success at Spartan. My fear, though, is that that message doesn't translate well to Spartan. My fear is that Spartan is a team of prosong right now. Every coach, one after the other, after the other, and hopefully – he's not just one more coach after the other after the other, is going to feel that pressure. Why? Because we haven't won the title in 16 years. Why? Because we're a team of turmoil. Why? Because we've invested in players and we have yet to see the results that we all want. And that's one thing and one thing only for this team is to be league champions. So until that happens and until we can get that monkey off our back and exercise the demons um, – Every coach is going to run into that problem. That's why I'm from the, the perspective that getting a guy like I, – I would have been totally okay with a guy like Ranieri or, or, or somebody who's 
shown success in teams that probably no one would have expected it, like Leicester City, um, and made it happen there, has made it happen with bigger clubs in which players can look up to and players can be maybe in a little bit of awe. Um, that's my thought process on this whole signing. I didn't know who this guy was very much. I've done my research on him a little bit. And I, it's all going to come down to how does he handle the Portuguese media? How does he handle the style that is in Portugal, which is a very uh, defensive-minded soccer for teams that you know are scared to, to go face-to-face -face against the big clubs? And um, how, how does he handle the media, man? Because the media has absolutely destroyed Sporting for, for years now. Other than that, I wish him obviously the best of luck, and I hope that you know he's a champion with us, and we we are just uh, find our our, our hidden gem. Um, but I can't sit here and say that I I feel optimistic. Other than the fact that I feel optimistic that he will give opportunities to younger players to develop, to show their skill, talent, etc. Can you guys hear? Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I just stepped off for a sec. No, you're good, man. Um, you guys there? Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. So, um, Steph, quickly. Um, I know you are, again. You already spoke about him as well. But uh, if there's anything else you want to add about Marcel Kaiser before we move on to Twitter questions and, of course, uh, the Bruno Carvalho situation. Uh, no, uh, nothing more. We've said enough. Uh, I think he'll be. He'll, he'll do great. Uh, He's there to revamp not only the uh, A team, but the whole entire academy. And I understand Veranda's idea. The, uh, Veranda's idea is Arumar Casa. Yeah. And, that, and that's what he's doing too. Let's not just focus on the A team. I know the title is not a reality this year. We, we're in the fight. And if we win, it, it's going to be amazing. But yeah. every, every Spartanista knows that with the poor preseason and everything that happened of the, because of the 15th of May, uh, no one is expecting our Sporting to win the championship, even though, of course, deep inside, that's what we want. So I think this the, this coach will do great. Give it some time to implement his philosophy, to get his uh, coaching staff all together. He doesn't even have a coaching staff yet. They're still working on it. And uh, the, the timing of thing was perfect because now it's uh, the national team for the next two weeks. So, so, but Anders was smart about that. I, I'm just going to jump in and sorry to cut you off, bro. I'm just going to jump in and say that we, we all realistically know that we aren't expected to win the title. We know that, right? So we expected that the, the problem is we're now sitting here, uh, November 12th, we're two points back in first place. Uh, we have yet to play them yet this year. We finished the season at their house. And this is a season full of turmoil and a season that no one, no one, I, I, I'm, without a doubt, no one could possibly have sat here and said, no dia 12 de novembro, we're going to be two points back and be on our second coach, like at the beginning of the season or before the season started, right? So my fear is that Varandas had an opportunity to be aggressive and get somebody more established and get somebody that, if anything, fill it up in the incentive department, give a guy who has a little bit of reputation, has had a little success, and say, look, your job is at all costs to be campeón. I don't care how many opportunities there is. I don't care how many egos get bruised. 
I don't care. Just get the job done. You do it. I'll give you a big bonus at the end of the year. It happens a lot of in American sports. It also happens a lot in, in the other European leagues uh, in, in football, uh, soccer. Um, and I think that he took the the easy route of saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to save a little bit of money compared to another coach. And let's hope for the best, but let's prepare for the future. And I I almost get the impression that he's going to be a trans another transitional coach in the in the in the in in respects to setting up the academy all over again, right? Because we can all agree that our academy has not been doing what our academy has done and what we expect our academy to do. I fear that he's going to set that up well. And then once those new younger, the next generation of Adrians and William Carvalho's and Nani's and so forth and so on get pumped through, then they'll go out and get a coach that's established and ready to take it to the next level. So with that being said, why not do it now when Befica is looking as bad as Befica has looked at any point with Rivitoria? Um, they're, they're struggling. They're shaking. They're one bad loss away again from him probably being kicked out or, or, or you know being forced out of the club. The president and everything, we've already talked about that. Porto, sure, they've won seven straight games, but they haven't been the Porto that Sergio Conceição expects them to be. So they're doing well now, and they're hitting their stride a little bit. But come on, I mean, in my opinion, the league is as open as the league has ever been so far. Dia 2 de novembro, with Porto, Braga, Benfica, and Sporting all in the running. And sure, the timing was great. I agree with you 100%. The timing was great. You got the break now. We all agreed that that Pizzeto should have been fired the last international break that we had. Uh, but he wasn't. Now he was. So the timing is good now. But I think that he could have gone a little bit further, showed a little bit more ambition, and said, Sporting's two points back. We're in this. Until we're not in this, we're in this. And, and at any point, if Benficistas can sit here in five points back with an established coach, et cetera, and say that they're full confident that they can still pull this out because I have in the past, shit, I can't sit here and say that I can't expect a miracle of sorts. So that's my only, my only reservation is, is, is that he could have shown a little bit more ambition. He chose not to, and he chose to play it safe and hope for like kind of build for the future under the radar, if you will. To me, to me, I'm just going to finish it up really fast. To, to me, I think the choice of uh, Frederic Varandes was a personal choice by him, by Hugo Viana, and, uh, and the scouting department. They, they just didn't say, hey, you know what? Get ahead. Let's get some names. Let's mix them up. Let's play Rafael. And let's pick this guy. Hey, well, you say you wish no Vicerist. I don't think it was like that at all. I think they study it, they they looked at his profile, they looked into him, and he's the president of uh, Sporting Club Portugal with uh, with this uh, international uh relations internationales Viana and uh, and the other coaching staff, they made the decision. We're gonna go with this guy because we like his profile, we like what he his, his style of play, and we like what he's done at Ajax. And I think that's that's what Frederic Fernandes thought about, and he thought about this for a while. I don't think it was a last-minute thing. All the, the coaches that every Sporting dream of, they would never come to Sporting unless they would say, okay, Il Raneri, I'll come to Sporting, but you got to bring this player, this player, this player, this player, and this player, ASAP. I'm not going to play with the players you have now. They would demand stuff. 
they would demand stuff which Spartan is not in the position of spending money like that. People forget that recently uh, making a deal with the Wolves for Rui Patricio was a bad deal. Was it a bad deal? When we look at things now into perspective, was it a bad deal? To me, now it sounds like it was a good deal because we might lose all the other cases. I know the Brunker value, which we'll talk about it in a few minutes. You can transition been... straight into it if you want from okay, this. That's fine. I know, I know Brunker value hasn't been found guilty or Mustafa. But you know what? When things linger like that, it's not good for Sporting Portugal. As that soon as the stock market affects us, our image affects us. So all, all that's going on, it's it's affecting us. All those people that renounced, that resigned with the, with the, with Sporting, now they feel more confident. So I say again, was Rui Patricia a bad deal with the Wolves? I don't think it was. Jelson Martins, if if Atletico Madrid still wants to pay pay us twenty two million, take it now before it's too late. Like because, I, I don't think people so. people people forget that all these lawyers they don't work for free. We have to pay them, which they're very expensive as well. The more we linger with this stuff, the more bills we paying. Il tornado. So this coach coming to to Sporting, he came to. To to evolve our players, to develop our players. When when people say, "Epa, porque que não fui buscar outro treinador uh, com mais com um palmarés e não sei mais que?" Olha o Mourinho, he spent two, uh, how much? Two hundred million? No Manchester United, he's not even in first place. Look at Real Madrid. Now they're playing better, better finally. But with um plantel tão caro, and they 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 don't play that well, you know. I mean, my, my take on this is to have a great, great coach, they're going to ask a lot for a lot of changes, a lot of demands. Olha, quer esse jogador, este, este, aquele. E o is being realistic. I, I can't give you all these players that you're asking me. I don't have the money, first of all. Second of all, it's not the time to do it. You're going to have to wait until January, potentially. I think he could have he gone the route of... of uh... Of what is it a uh, performance incentive contract? I think he could have to whom to whom really? give me a name. Give me a name. And, opa, anybody that could have possibly we could sit here like I'm going to say Ranieri again for the simple fact that I don't like him. I don't like him. Personally, I don't like him. Well, I'm going to say that he That's me. Must uh, there it is. Really. I, 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 I'm glad he's not at my sporting. I don't yeah, like him. I completely get that. But if but if Claudio Ranieri can pull magic out of his fart in England for one season and get a team that has no business winning that league ever for any reason, then he can make sporting players believe. The last team, you had the, the number one goalkeeper of Denmark. You had the striker, Vardy. Was yeah, but, that, but those players the national those team. were already there. He didn't go out and get them. All, all, all this, that team that won the Champions, the, the Premier League, was dismantled. They went to other clubs to get more money because they played so well that year. I don't, I don't disagree with you, but people need to look at the whole picture. O Sporting não tem dinheiro to get a, a coach that they want that will demand, I want this player, this player, this player. No good coach like uh, with a great name would go to Sporting just with those players. They wouldn't. 
and they didn't. Maybe Verandes tried, and everybody said no. Fair enough. And uh, let's just let by. I, we all have our own opinions. We could be, you know, talking about this for even more hours. Uh, quickly, let's let's throw this a bit more to the Bruno Carvalho case. Um, we are one twenty something now. So try to keep it as as short but as as concise as possible because we also have stuff Twitter questions. Uh, Nando, what what's what's going on with Bruno Bruno Carvalho, man? <laughs> so like as okay, so as quick as I can as I can make this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not really quick at all. <laughs> right, exactly. Shada, too much is puro. It's too much convenience. Too much. Um, um, uh, I don't know what term to use here. Um, like, so Sporting is doing well in the league. So agora, de repente, a genier e a polícia judiciária portuguesa, everybody just suddenly decides to do their job again really well. And suddenly, on the day that Sporting plays Chaves, they go and they arrest Mustafa, whatever, at the, at the, at the Sporting Juveleo said. They go and they grab Bruno Carvalho at home. Suddenly... De repente, they have uh, text messages or, or um, what, what was the quote that they pulled off that I see here on record? Or Bruno Carvalho, que foi aquelas duas frases que eles disseram, os dois telefonemas que tramaram em quote Bruno Carvalho, um, in, in regards to like a caion em cima deles. Like, okay, so again, if he did this, if he ordered the attack, right? We've all agreed. Get rid of the man, you know, make sure he never says for a sporting again, you know, make sure we never mention his name again, embarrass him, do whatever you need to do to him. However, he as justiça portuguesa that the Portuguese media has hated him from day one, from day one, not from just this year or past year. He has been on a mission to expose all the bullshit that Benfica does and continues to do. He's been on a mission to expose all the bullshit Portugal does and continues to do. That's not of interest especially the Benfica side of things. Um, the fact that Sporting is two points back, the fact that Sporting is ahead of Benfica, and the fact that Sporting has an important game to play against Chaves, and you're telling me that on no domingo, they had to go get him. They had to. Tinha que ser no domingo. Não podia ser na segunda. Tinha que ser no domingo. So they had to go get him on Sunday because the poor guy was ready to like erase all of the proof and evidence that there was there so that only he's then heard on Tuesday? That pisses me off. That's that that's that's really really um, suspicious. That's bullshit, in my opinion. So we have to find out what all comes of it, because if because anybody can take any kind of conversation and then snip out. You you know we've done it for papers for school, put it in quotes, and then suddenly somebody said something that doesn't sound very good or sounds the way you want it to sound. So quote unquote that tradito caiu encima deles. Wow, meu Deus do céu, like, que que aconteceu? Caiu em cima deles? Guys, go grab the AK-47s and let's rip them a new one. Like, it's stupid. It's bullshit. It's, it, it's exactly what the Portuguese media wanted. It's exactly what the Portuguese media is getting. It's exactly what Benfica needed. And it's exactly happening the time that it had to happen. Benfica's not doing well. This is starting to divert attention back to Sporting, not from Benfica. Benfica's president is still in, in lençóis de merda, and back attentions go to Sporting again in Bruno Carvalho. So this is exactly what they want, exactly when they need it. To me, that's suspicious. To me, that's a little too... Um, Convenient. Exactly. A cama foi feita just right. So 
Again, I'm going to wait till everything is said and done. And I hope, I really truly hope. So every smart thing is who knows me and has heard me say this before, and I'll say it again. If he did something, please punish him. Do what you need to do. However, if he didn't do it, do I have a voluntad enorme for him to come back five years from now and take over the presidency as Sporting? I do. I'm not going to lie because it's really fucking bullshit. For there to be news, que Bruno Carvalho adru masil around 7.30 in the morning. For this, como é que eu dormir às 7 horas e meia da manhã? Devia estar acordado all the time. Nunca devia ter sequer dormido. And I'm still talking about what he had for breakfast. What did the Alcuchet... Um, you know, uh, where they're holding him, what did they feed him for a bacalhau, or was it what was it? So, until we find that out, until we figure out exactly what he ate, um, I can't sleep well at night. You must spark the closure that it needs, and it pisses me off. <laughs> um, Steph, let's hear your thoughts on the Brun Carvalho, uh, on the Brun Carvalho case really recently. Okay, so uh, I'll, uh, I'm going to lump it in uh, Bruno Carvalho and Mustafa, both of them. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. So basically, uh, number one, Bruno Carvalho is no longer the president of Sporting. Of course, this is linked still with Sporting because he used to be president of Sporting. And potentially, this could hurt, hurt Sporting in the long run if it's proven that he was the one that actually gave the order pecating Simic's good words. If that's proven, then we'll for sure lose the cases against Podence, uh, Ruben, and Jason Martins still. Yeah, Rafael Leão as well. Rafael Leão. That's it. And that's all we have left. Mm -hmm. so, so, if proven. So, first of all, I'd like to emphasize Bruno Carvalho, which I supported him, voted for him, He's no longer the president of Sporting. So we a step beyond Befica, for example, and Porto, matter of fact, because they kept Pinta Costa, which I found him a corrupt president as well. So we at least said enough to Ruben Carvalho, he's no longer the president of Sporting. They could talk about cash ball and uh, whatever. All those guys that potentially were involved in corruption, they are no longer employees of Sporting Club Portugal. And I'm very proud to say that because as a Sportingista, that's what I want. I don't want I don't want corrupt people in my club or potential corrupt people in my club. At least we have the the integrity and we have the audacity to say, you know what? Maybe you are innocent, but it's better if you're out of the club. So that I want to make clear, because all the other clubs haven't done that. If anything, they applaud the corruption, and they, and they want the, the presidents, potential corrupt presidents. To me, they are, because look at their personal lives. They want them to stay in their club. Now, Bruno Carvalho, as a citizen Portuguese de Portugal, has to defend himself. Only him has nothing to do with Sporting. It's not Sporting defending him. Bruno Carvalho has his own lawyer. He's by himself. Him, his mom, his father, sisters, his lawyer. Now he has to defend his reputation. He's on his own. It has nothing to do with Sporting. Whatever comes out of it could affect Sporting in the future. But as of now, Bruno Carvalho 
he's not he's not relying on Sporting. Sporting is not defending him. So if the media wants to to brainwash people and, and confuse everything, unless you want to, but it's clear that he's no longer an employee of Sporting. So why the relation uh, with Sporting, the link with Sporting? Just because of the future. Because if he's found guilty, then we lose a bunch of money. That's the, the only relation to it. Besides that, what's going on in, with him in jail and all that, I wish him the best of luck. Uh, if he's not guilty, then his lawyer will have the evidence, will prove in the court of law that he's not guilty. And until proven guilty, he's still innocent. That's the, how it is in Portugal as well. But for them to fight, for, for police judiciaria to arrest him on Sunday, it's because one of those 40 people that are that been in jail squeaked something, said something, the prompt for all this. Or when they downloaded a computer or a cell phone, they found something. So then the police judiciaria, just like you see on in the movies, they had to go to un magistral, un juiz, and ask for for uh, um, a warrant for his arrest. And that takes time. And if they gave it to them on Sunday, that's why they went on Sunday, because the judge signed it. It's just, it's not like we think it is. You have, you have to have it. I, I'm in law enforcement, so I know a little bit of it. You, you need to have enough evidence before a judge issues you a warrant for his arrest. I could say, Epa, Udeni Saldanya, I know he's, he's, uh, he's, he's smuggling this, this, and that. But can I prove it? No. Now, I downloaded a computer, me and my colleagues. Now we have enough evidence. Now we go to present this in front of a judge. And the judge, most likely, he must have been at home. Thinks Provost sufficient, yes. download. And bang, he signed it. Yeah, please decide for Nickel Moment. See, so I'm, I don't I'm okay I, with that. I don't mm-hmm. think uh, I don't think that's uh, nothing to do with uh CMTV and Semashke. Because they they came up with a lot of bullshit too, you know, the breakfast and Semashke. Uh, it could be a question to um police de Genere. I care que você dá um pequeno almoço ou almoço. Ah, gente, às sete e ao meio-dia. Ah, e, e, e não tem nada a ver com o Bruno Carvalho. And then they make up bullshit. Ah, e eles serviram o breakfast às sete e ao meio-dia. Sem ter relação com o Bruno Carvalho. But they make up bullshit like that. You know what I mean? So, with all that said, I wish the best of luck to Bruno Carvalho, which has nothing to do with Sporting. Sporting is now paying one cent to defend him. He's paying his own lawyer. He's, he's defending his honra as a um cidadão português. And uh, it sucks to be in this position, but it has nothing to do with Sporting. Now, the conclusion of it might affect us, as uh, I'm saying us as a Sportingista, financially, because then Upodense and all those players would actually will be given money instead of earning money from them. So th- that's all I got to say. Mustafa, Mustafa, when, when he's found with drugs, and that's known, a known fact, I'm not a big fan of clocks. I told you that. I'm not going to change mm-hmm. my demeanor. I've told you that. I don't think we need clocks. We don't have clocks in Estados Unidos, and we function well. And I don't think we need clocks. Antes preferir um estádio, como a minha mulher, que é benfiquista, ver um Sporting Benfica, que os meus filhos, um é benfiquista e outro é Sportingista, em paz e sossego, 
com medo. Acho que é uma ideia muito ultrapassada, muito tradicional portuguesa. A Nara não tem que claques. As pessoas iam se habituar e iam, iam se ajustar. Mil claques é ultrapassado. I understand que vão lá com bombos e trompetes e não sei mais o quê. But look, look at the claques. What they were given. I don't know if you guys can't kept up with the, what's been released to the press. They were given a lot of money. They were allowed to, to travel with the, the team in the same airplane on international games. They were giving equipments to venderem eles. Bilhetes para eles venderem. These guys, basically, to them, that was a full-time job. I agree with the fact that... O Mustafa não estava a conduzir um Citroën. No, no, I, I, by all means... Duas portas e quatro cavalos. Ele tinha um carro do caralho. I think that there needs to be a complete... Overhaul. I don't think completely eradicating the clocks yeah. do anything because what's going to happen is then you're going to have a you're going to run the risk of having a group organizado de adeptos become. <laughs> well, well, it, it, that's what happens. In more, you, the thing is, as my as clocks thing as os outros clubes, you can't é, é isso mesmo. É isso mesmo. Clock. Os chaves não tem uma clarca, uma clarca legal. O, o, uh, The, the vast majority of the clubs don't have a clock legal. Well, mas a maioria dos adeptos dessas equipas, I mean, no disrespect to them, but shit, all of them are adeptos simpatizantes, and they all follow Porto Sporting of Benfica as their primary, as their primary club. The importance, the only thing I can say about the clocks being legal or registered are in situations like this, when this happens, oh, Juveleu, quem, está, quem faz parte desse clocks? E pimba, vocês sabem os nomes todos. Agora, yeah, se não. a mesma coisa acontece para o Benfica... Então, ah, ouve lá, a gente tem que lugar. We, uh, we, we were legal and, and we still have a shitty family. Uh, no, uh, I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just simply saying with, with legal clocks, when stupid shit does happen, yeah. because yeah. as much as good as clocks can bring you, I also see your side of the coin, Steph. I also agree... I Clocks make a hostile environment. Clocks put fear into, I, I you know. That completely. 100% I agree with yeah. that. I do. I really do. I think that if Sporting wanted to be um, ahead of the curve, I think if Sporting wanted to be um, a new look and a, and a new future, then they would have a complete overhaul of who runs the clocks. Because yeah. I'm going to be 100% with you. I don't know Mustafa, but I sure don't think that I want to get along with Mustafa, and I sure don't think that him and I are going to be the type of guys that we're going to hang out with and, and go chill and have a good time without there probably being an inkling of, of some shit going down. And I don't say that because I want to be stereotypical in this, that, and the other. However, there has been, in multiple cases, with Porto Sporting and Befica, you know, drugs and stuff like that being, a, being an issue. We have the... The, the, the fear that those members of the clocks are just a bunch of like drug addicts or guys with tattoos that really don't have a full-time job and all they do is robot and then go up out club. So if Sporting, and again, that, that, that doesn't mean they all do that or that any of them do that, but the fact of the matter is if Sporting wants to be ahead of the curve, then we change, we overhaul, we, we, we eliminate the support we've given them. We eliminate the financial assistance. We still... We started. That, that I think we need to do more than eradicate the clock. I mean, you know, you know how much you, you, they were given by uh, by Bruno Carvalho, and, and and you know what? I understand why he gave him that that sum of money because it's expensive to run a clock. I mean, there's expenses involved in it, but it, the, the 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 support was like 152,000 euros. 
plus they would give X amount of tickets so they could sell themselves and make money out of it. They would give the old uniform so they could sell it too and make money out of it. Plus the installations, transportation. Yeah. All, no, I, I, I get I'm, that. I'm, I'm, I'm a Sportingista and I went to Sporting. I had to pay for my own ticket. I pay Mies Cortes. I pay everything myself. Sporting doesn't pay anything for me. I mean, I got a discount, of course, going out with to buy the, my T-shirts, equipment. Some sauces. I got a 10% discount. Você sócio, não é? Yeah. But I have to pay for everything else. Yeah. Why, yeah. why, why, remember that? What's, what's Mustafa's uh, full-time job? What's his full-time job? No, what, I know. We don't know. We don't know. Yeah, that, sure. He does not have a full-time job. Yeah. In sporting uh, supports him. What the fuck? Why? No, I agree. No, I agree. I, agree. We, I think, yeah, I think we all agree that it changes need to happen. Clock, if you get rid of the clock, say, as clocks já não existe, you, you will have um grupo, ou dois, ou três, ou quatro, organizado de adeptos, who are going to continue to do the exact same thing to the, to the ability that they can do it, um, they're no, not, no, because you would have to buy your own ticket. You would have to. You have, okay. you, okay. Let's say, let's say me. Let's say the, the the eight of us in our in our account. Sporting simply simply yen. Let's say the eight of us. Hey, can we meet in Portugal and watch the Sporting? The, you know the next game. Yes. Yeah, you know what? I'll buy the tickets, guys. I'll go online and buy the tickets, and we can sit sit all together. That's what they would have to do. And they would do it. Yeah. And they would do it, but they're not, they're not being given tickets. They have to coordinate and buy themselves. But they would do it. It's blocking a section for them. So get rid of the financial support. However, don't get rid of the what, what Danny said, the legalities of having a clock's legage, because then you still have the ability to continue to monitor to the best mm -hmm. of your ability. You have the ability to continue to enforce uh, rules and regulations that otherwise is only left to interpretation. Yeah. Uh, Steph, I, I, think, I think the only thing me and, me and Nando are, are really saying here is that whether we like it or not, these clocks are going to exist regardless of whether Spartan acknowledges them or not. No so, shit. So you know what I mean? Like it's just gonna be it's just gonna be like Benfica in, in a sense where it's not it's not legal and then if something does happen again, which I hope never happens, but something like this that did happen over the summer, we were able to get the names of, of what clock did this, the names and those guys were in prison well, some of them were in prison. 24, 48 hours after the incident. So, and I'm going to say this. Okay, man, our, our clock was legal. Our clock was legal, and they beat our players. They, they, they were found with the knives and guns and drugs now, just now this Sunday. And our clock was legal. So the Befica clock is illegal, and the same thing happened. So what's the difference, being legal or illegal? It doesn't matter. The, the because, difference is because, finding them faster. No, it's not. Actually. Because what I'm saying because, is... No because matter. uno named Boris, they may know exactly who they Or you don't think they know. That they know is. exactly who they are. The only difference is the system in Portugal sucks. Because as clacks organizadas are legais, it was supposed to be like this. Nando, Fernando, whatever is your last name, let's do a back, background check on him. Oh, he's got two felonies. Now, nah. you can be in a clack sporting out. Go. Vai, vai à pesca, vai dedicar à, à caça do, do pato. Agora, uh, Denis Saldanha. Oi, oh, he's clean. Yes, 
you can join the clock because you don't have no prior felonies. You're good to go, buddy. Steph Teixeira, yeah, another piece of shit. He's got three felonies. Fuck you. <laughs> Vai a pesca. That's the way it's supposed to be done. But and you know, I agree with you. You look at the Juventus Leonina, and I have a good friend of mine, Bruno, foi lá ver o Porto no Super Dragões. Ele disse que teve medo lá no meio yeah. do Super Dragões. Não é só o Sporting, atenção. E os benfiquistas são aqueles que falem a verdade. Também yeah. vamos dizer assim, é, lá no man, no name boys, you have to be careful, senão levas no focinho. I completely agree. Yeah. These, people, these people, all they do, they live and breed their club. Sporting, Benfica, Porto. But they're very dangerous. They're crazy yeah. in the fucking head. They, and are... they shouldn't be part of, of, of the clocks or group organizados. It should be the opposite. If you're that crazy, you don't belong to my clock and, and, group organizados. And that's why one of, the, one of the things that really pisses me off is that you watch the game against Shavs. Okay, so I'm watching, I'm watching the um, before my stream stopped working, right at the beginning when the players are coming out, you talk all ween, we talk all mundo sabe, blah, blah, blah. And you see the difference, and I hate saying that, but you truly see the difference between like what o ambiente e o fator casa and everything is sem as clocks and com as clocks. Because I'm not part of the clock, but I'm singing and I'm chanting and I leave the stadiums with my throat same uh, 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 Not saying that everybody has to do the same thing. Everybody can love the way they want to love. However, the vast majority of those people Vão estar caladinhos. O, o, o hino toca, quase ninguém canta. They need almost like o encouragement. Epá, eu acho que eu devo cantar agora, não sei. Do I love Sporting or do I not love Sporting? Ah, ok. Antigamente era o estádio todo com bandeiras no ar, todo mundo canta. Now it's suddenly, ok, I may or may not cantar. It's sad because you get to truly see who's there because they want to subiar, who's there because they want to love or whatever. So as clock, we know what good the clocks bring. We know more than ever what bad the clocks bring. So Sporting needs to be ahead of the curve. We need to find a way to Now's limit the bad. Time. Now's the time to lead the race in that. So yeah. We all know they have a clock. They have a name. No name boys. They have another one. Actually, I forget what name they're called. Exactly. Yeah. So if they don't want to do that, fine. But Sporting can lead the race. But right. now they're the only ones way. not wanting and, to do it. They're not the only ones. I'm not, yeah. defending, I'm not defending them at all, but it makes no difference. I mean, it, I came to the conclusion that being legal, what does it signify? Bateu nos jogadores e a nossa claque era legal. And then they would just fun with drugs and, and guns, uh, armas brancas, dentro da sede. What's the, so what's the benefit of being legal? We broke a bunch of laws. E ele foi, e, o, o Mustafa, quando foi encontrado, estava todo, todo pirado, meu. So what's, what's the difference? Yeah. What's the difference? What's the difference of having legalized... Uh, Or clock, if we're not imposing the rules and regulations of the of the law, which is, ele tem cadastro não pode estar na não pode ser das juventude leonina não pode tem cadastro. We don't want the, this kind of shit in my house. Except the juventude leonina, it's underneath the stadium. Am I correct? Say that again. Yeah, I have no as, idea. As said, yeah, because I was just there the other day. As said, as in the installations of sport. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. So then, so then, 
if if I'm the president of the sport, como Varanda está a tentar fazer, I'm going to clean it up. I'm going to keep my clocks. I agree with you. I like to see his clocks também. Mas eu quero o significado de uma clock legal that has some meaning. If, if you say que esta a clock, para eu ter orgulho, para eu falar com o Benfica, é pá, a minha clock é legal. E depois um benfiquista vai dizer-me assim, a tua claca legal e bater nos teus jogadores e foi encontrado agora com cocaína e com, com armas, que legal, legalidade é essa? E eu o quê? Eu agarro-me à pizza. Because the benfiquista is actually, has a good point. So for me to say, and be proud of it, to say a minha claca legal, then we have to enforce the law. We have to say, hey, we have to do inspections ourselves, a nossa direção, our security of sporting, we have to go to Juventude Leonina said and double check if they're complying with what we expect them to comply with, which is no drugs, okay? No, no people no, with the with with felonies, yeah. you know? And then I'll be okay with that. I, I, I'm okay with clocks, clocks, sim. Eu gosto dos bombs, gente sem mais que, and everyone sing é at lindo. the same time. Yeah, é lindo. É, é lindo quando funciona bem. Coisa, que não é fanático. Yeah. As placas que a gente tem, they flirting with fanatismo e, e ultras. They flirting with that. If they, I think they are, anyway. They don't call the, yeah. themselves ultras, but I think they are. And we don't need that in sports. We don't need that in soccer. Eu sou sportinguista, but I'm capable of watching a soccer game com um portista do meu lado esquerdo e um benfiquista do lado direito. Yeah. I'm not going to fucking kill them because they belong to Benfica Porto. If they win and you uh, are going to be friends still. Yeah. I'm not. Oh, oh. Do you Everything's have the in your family? Of course. We, I think we all do. Okay. And don't you love your family members? Of course. Or just, of course. Uh, there it is. Opportunistas? Uh, okay. Of course. O Mustafa, se calhar, também tem. Fica isso na família dele. Mas ele, como é maluco da cabeça, é capaz de não falar com eles. Mas eu falo com os meus, com os meus familiares benfiquistas e portistas. Because I love them. It doesn't matter which club they like. You know, the you yeah. respectful to me, I'm going to be respectful to you. I get along with Cynthia, com Fumaças, com, com a, o, o Richard Teixeira, com o Bruno Ferreira. They all yeah. benfiquistas e portistas. You know, that mentality has to go sideways. And we have to accept soccer the way it is. If corruption exists in the past, you know what? Whoever is caught, I, I hope... They, 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 they are charged with felonies and they really heavily penalized and they go to jail. Every single one of them. And I don't care if they're sporting issues. If they were involved in corruption, yeah. and that's why I got to say to finish with this. And I think that's a perfect place to end that little hot, heated debate. Um, I love the, the, the conversation, truthfully. I think uh, we'll, we'll revisit this conversation soon enough after everything's said and done and set in stone quickly we're gonna go over two twitter questions we have uh before we wrap it up we're pushing two hours now but um it's a nice it's a good long one i think everybody's gonna enjoy listening to it um the first question i'll give it to you nando it's from kevin uh and arujo six on twitter he asks what's the verdict on bruno gaspar uh is miguel luis a starter or is it too soon so first bruno gaspar then i'll 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 let Steph answer the Miguel Luis one. Um, so part of me, so okay, so I have asked for Bruno Gaspar to get a lot more opportunities, and he's been given them. Um, I still can't tell if 
he's just not in physical form or if it's just that he's not very good in like a tactical sense. I think that his physical attributes, you know, his body, his, his quickness and things like that is interesting for that position because he's almost built like he'd be a like he should be like a like a up higher up midfielder like a Bruno Fernandes position or whatever. In most cases, he's even stronger looking than like Bruno Fernandes and some of our other players. Um, so for his position, it's interesting to see that kind of uh, of physical attributes playing that right back position. But there's so many instances that he just seems like he's not playing tactically smart or he's not interpreting the message that the coach is giving him in both how he attacks and how he defends. So I don't know. It's been what a few games now that he's, he's getting opportunities to play. I'd say give him a full season and see what yeah. he gets. Um, but right now it's not looking good given the fact that he cost sporting what, like 5 million euros or close to it. Yeah. Something like that. I think our biggest issue with Bruno Gaspires is in, is his inconsistency. He's had, a few good games, but he also had a few bad ones, which which has rubbed up us the wrong way. And then, of course, uh, he's not Ristovsky at the end of the day, you know. So, um, yeah, but I agree with you. I think let's give him to the end of the season until we decide, you know, whether he's sparking material or not. Uh, Steph, uh, Miguel Luis, is he, is he a starter or is it too soon? Um, hey, he's uh, it's been a starter for the last two games, and I think uh... – I think they should they should they should keep him as a starter. Um, at least uh, his final pass is much better than Petrovic. He has a better vision, yeah. And that's what we we lack of. Uh, I mean, the first game he started against Arsenal. It's understandable why he was playing not to make mistakes. Tava Sortinho, I I'll take that against Chaves much better. And uh, he only has more room to improve. The kid is only 19 years old, and he comes from our sporting academy. He knows our, our philosophy. He understands the club better than anybody. So I'm expecting great things from him. And, I, I yeah, I would keep him as a starter, most definitely. The next game, it's Patas uh, Portugal. Yeah. So keep him 90 more minutes. And... Uh, and uh, I'm expecting great things from this kid, but let's just take one step at a time. Tough as this quiz of and that's the way you should be doing it. Yeah, I agree. And, and you know, we have to, as Sporting issues, we have to be a bit patient with our youth products. Yep. Um, and then the last question comes in from Lex underscore Portugal. Um, I'll answer this really quickly. Do you think Kaiser should promote youth players like? He says Miguel Luis, but, you know, Miguel Luis is kind of already promoted. Thierry Correa and Elge Balde into the starting 11. I think Thierry Correa is important for this 11 right now, or at least uh, for the for the rotation of the squad. Um, I hope to see him for the Tasa Portugal because uh, he's uh, he's a promising young right back. And with Krzysztofski out, more rotation would be needed. Els Balde, I think he's maybe a year or two away from, from the Spartans starting 11. Um, or from the Sporting squad. He had a great week game this weekend. He scored uh, three goals, I believe, to give Sporting under-23 the win. Um, but with Rafinha, with Nani, with Jovan, um, even Diaby has his moments, and Carlos Menea hopefully will come to his best. Um, I think it's too soon for El Balde, but he does seem like a promising young player. Uh, quickly, I'm going to go through some of the modalidades before we head out. Um, our football Praia team uh, beat Adesis Sotel de Nazaré 7-3 today. 
uh, with um, with two goals from Alan and two goals from Duarte, um, among others. Our goalball team uh, were winners of the of the first stage of the Super European Goalball League in Rostock. So congratulations to them. Um, where's more? Our women's futsal team took revenge on the draw in the first game and this time beat Quinta de Lombus 5-0 at our João Rocha. Um, goals from Deborah Quiroz, that two goals from Deborah Quiroz, uh, a goal from Deborah Lavorado, um, from uh, Morgado and from Jessica Cordeiro. Um, the girls are currently in second with 19 points. Um, bah, 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 bah. There's a few more. Where is it? There is... Okay, Patins 3-3, Okay, Patins 3-3. Anvalt beat uh, Fermatões 36-22. They're currently in second behind uh, Porto. Our futsal team uh, beat uh, Futsal Esmeige 9-2. Two goals from Alex, from Alex, two goals from Cavanato. Uh, Eric Mendoza scores, two goals from Pedro Cari, and two goals from Cardinal. Uh, so well done to them. Uh, you mentioned handball. Our... Uh, U19 won 5 nothing against Stubal. Yep, our U19 won 5 nothing against Stubal. Our female B team beat Vidreiros 8 nothing uh, this weekend. Um, our volleyball team, I believe, also won. 3 nothing. Um, 3 nothing. yeah. And then, like I mentioned earlier, our, our under-23 team beat uh, Istoril, I believe it was, this weekend. Who was it? They won 3-2. Uh, 3-2 against... Who was it? Do you know, Steph? Yeah, I, I actually watched the game. Uh, it was contra Stubal. Stubal, there you go. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, uh, and a good game with, with a hat-trick from um, Elves Balde, like we mentioned. Yeah. O Volleyball ganhou 3-0 contra o Guimarães. Yeah. And then Juvenis ganharam 3-0. So, yeah, it was a good weekend. Yeah, it was. Most of our teams winning. Also, table tennis... Uh, they won four nothing as well, so um, it's looking good for the modalidades. You know, uh, Sporting. We we're more than just a soccer team, as as we like to mention on the show and on our Twitter account. And um, congratulations to all the modalidades players that that won this weekend. And uh, yeah, all right, we are currently on probably our longest podcast. I think it's just hit two hours. Uh, any last comments before we take off, boys? This was exciting. I love it. Yeah. I, I had a good time too, and uh, best of luck to Mr. Kaiser. Absolutely, I, I love my Sporting. Yeah, man. At the end of the day, we all love Sporting, um, probably more than we love probably our own family members and things like that. Um, so yeah, man. At the end of the day, it's all about Sporting. The better of Sporting. Not one single person is above Sporting at any point ever. But I am Sportingista, and I'll never switch like some people. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nah. If you know over me, <laughs> yeah, they Anyways. could be, uh, they could be as in Roma, Benfica, <laughs> Porto, Sporting, or Fiorentina. Would surprise me if they if they miss this kind of excitement that they can't get with uh, another fan base, but that's their problem, their loss. Exactly. Well, the, the good thing is uh, we got Nando out of it, so. Yeah, what sucks is well, like when I came in, and I'm gonna keep this real short. When I came in, I was like 
thinking to myself, shit, I can't be the only one here that knows this man's dark secrets. Special shout out to guys in the chat like Michael Fonseca, Lauren Jenks, and Capado. Uh, you guys are great. Always great interacting with you guys. Everybody, don't, for, don't forget to interact with us on Twitter and even on the next YouTube uh, podcast. Um, it was a pleasure. Can't wait to be on for the next podcast. Uh, and ciao. Next podcast in probably like two weeks, but we'll be placing Carabag and Lusitania for Taça Portugal. Força Sporting. Viva Sporting Club Portugal. <laughs>